Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. The peace of Christ be with you. We welcome you to First Baptist Church. It is good to be with you on this beautiful day that God has given us. It is good that we can be together to join our hearts and our minds so that we might worship in one spirit and with one voice and as one body. So may we now turn our thoughts toward the worship of God. Take a few moments and ready yourselves, take a breath or two, and slow yourself down from the rhythm of the week and the rhythm of busyness, and open yourself to the presence of God. In deep gratitude, we come to worship God. All good gifts come from the Spirit of God. We come with grateful hearts, not for things, but for who God is.
our invocation. Father, as we gather together, we praise you for this day and for your purpose for it. Reset our agendas as we sit in your presence, for you assure us that where two or more are gathered in your name, you are here. Recalibrate our intentions and refocus our hearts. Your will for our lives does not always reflect our plans. Lift our eyes to seek you first today. Shift our perspective to seek your peace above all else. In every situation we ponder in our daily lives, let the Holy Spirit translate your commands. Only you know what lies ahead. You are our good Father, just and righteous. Let your peace rain down on us today as we seek you more than anything else. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. reading is Psalm 15. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right 
and speak the truth from their heart, who do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends, nor take up a reproach against their neighbors. And who lies, wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord, who stand by their oath, even to their hurt, who do not lend money at interest and do not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be moved. from Mark chapter 7 verses 1 through 8 14 and 15 and 21 through 23 now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who have come from Jerusalem gathered around him they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands that is without washing them for the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they thoroughly washed their hands thus observing the tradition of the elders and they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions they observe. The washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. <coughs> so the Pharisees and the scribes ask him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, the people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and, and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that the intentions come from. Fornification, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, 
pride, and folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. This is the word of the Lord. Chapter verse 17, 27. Every generous act of giving, 
with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruits for his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if there are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The word of the Lord. It's hard for me not to preach from James when it rolls around on the lectionary. James is this really a very Jewish book of wisdom. Tradition says written by the brother of Jesus, that James. And, and so Monday morning I, I sat down in, in the study and start to work with the text and, and then I felt a little bit well, I felt a little singled out as I read these words. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Felt, I felt like James was picking on me a little bit. Like, come on, James. Because the truth is, if anger did produce God's righteousness, I would have produced a lot of it over this last year and a half, to be quite honest with you. I'm doing a bit better with it now, but I will say I have really been angry during much of this pandemic. And what has angered me in a great deal is that there's just a certain number of people who've refused to help make any sort of sacrifice to slow the virus down and and they and in by doing that they haven't really taken care of their neighbors and I'll be honest with you that just made me really angry and, and the truth is I, I sort of thought because I have a pretty robust view of sin I understand that we are broken sinful people right like there's not a whole lot of human behavior that really surprises me but I guess I was a little bit naive because I really thought that when push 
would come to shove, I would, think, I would just think most people would do their part. They would do the right thing when they really needed to and to, to, to help take care of the most vulnerable among us. And a lot of people did. You did. And I'm really grateful for that. I want you to hear that. I'm really, really grateful for that. But, but it's been amazing to me how many people did not do that. And it's just hard for me to wrap my head around it. It's really hard for me to grasp that. One of the reasons that this virus is so difficult to deal with is that people are contagious before they have symptoms. That's what makes it really hard to manage. Like the original SARS and, and MERS, which are also these coronaviruses, you're not really contagious with those until you're pretty sick. So it's pretty easy to isolate people and therefore control the spread. But that's not how it works with COVID. Like, you're probably the most infectious a day or two before you actually have symptoms. So that's, that's pretty hard to manage. That means people have to act like they have it and you know do the right things and all that kind of thing. Anyway, it's just been really, really difficult for me to wrap my head around that. And the truth is, while I would prefer to not catch COVID myself, I've always been more concerned about unknowingly spreading COVID to someone who was really at risk for serious disease. And so I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm not really worried about getting COVID. And I'm like, well, that's good. <laughs> good for you. But are you concerned about spreading it to someone else? Because you may well be doing that. And oh, yeah, it's not just about you. And I think the hardest thing for me has been people who profess to follow Jesus and who can't get that, who can't get that it's really not about you, that it's about your neighbor, and that we're called to make small sacrifices to care for the least of these. And this isn't just individuals. This sermon really isn't about COVID. I'm getting to a point here, though, I promise. Like, I, you just got to let me, I'm angry. You got to let me vent this out for a little but, but, like, there have been entire congregations who have done a really poor job of taking care of their most vulnerable members. Because, to be honest with you, sometimes churches have been some of the worst offenders. They, they've been super spreaders because they haven't, they haven't done any protocols. They just get together and meet. And, and sometimes these churches have been kind of proud of that, that they've resisted restrictions and while that made me angry, the truth is it really made me sad. It really made me sad. I thought, my goodness, have we, have we totally forgotten the plot of the gospel? Have we just totally missed the whole thing? Have we forgotten about taking care of the least of these? Have we forgotten that our Savior, our Savior, our Savior sacrificed his own life on behalf of others? Have we forgotten that this same Savior told us to take up our crosses? Have we forgotten that love requires sacrifice? Or, or let me say it this way, real simply. Like, being a Christian means that we don't get to do just whatever we want to do. 
Like, have you read the Bible? There's some restrictions in there. We don't just get to make it up and do whatever we want to do. And I find all of this really sad. Really sad. Because the truth is, the church is really divided, just like the culture is divided. And so whatever issue comes around our way, we just sort of retreat into those kind of tribal camps. And everybody makes their arguments and yada, yada, yada. And here comes a virus along that's just a virus, right? It's not like some issue and it doesn't have to, and yet we manage to do the same thing with it. It's just kind of mind-blowing when you really think about it. I heard this lady interviewed the other day um, about the virus, and and here's what she said. She said, well, I'm just trying in the midst of all this, I'm just trying to listen to God and just do whatever God wants me to do. That's all I care about. I'm just trying to do what God wants me to do. She said, it looks like to me right now that what's happening is God is separating the sheep from the goats. And so the reporter said, well, well which one are you? And she said, well, I'm a, I, I'm a goat. Because I ain't no sheep. I ain't going to do what they tell me to do. And I, I was like, I mean, she's the one that brought up the sheep and the goats. I thought she realized she was referencing Matthew 25, but maybe she, I don't know. But anyway, we are sheep. We are people who follow the good shepherd. And if you'd rather be a goat, <laughs> because our culture thinks sheep is an insult, then you just have to realize you're not following the gospel anymore. You've missed the text. You've missed the plot. And I think in too, so many ways we've forgotten that we're followers. We are followers. That's what we're called to do is to follow Jesus. I heard uh, Leonard Sweet say it some years ago at Gardner-Webb at a pastor's school. He said, I get tired of all these leadership conferences that you clergy go to. Some of you need to start going to some followership conferences. <laughs> and so here's the other thing that's really made me angry. It looked like we were at the end of the tunnel, right? It looked like there was light at the end of the tunnel. Things were starting to feel really normal again. It looked like the fall here at the church was going to be pretty normal-ish. We were so close. And now it's a few weeks later, and I think we're probably in the worst place we've been in our community and in many communities. Positivity rate for Polk County this week was 17.3%. We had 75 new cases. I'm pretty sure that's the highest those numbers have ever been. I didn't go back and look at all of those weeks, but I'm pretty sure that's the highest they've ever been. And I don't know about you. I think we probably are. We were really excited about normalcy again. And it's, it's just frustrating. Again, that's enough of all the COVID talk. That's not the point of the sermon. The point is... Anger and my confession. My anger, your anger, it does not produce God's righteousness. It doesn't. Now, 
That doesn't mean we should never be angry. I want to be clear about that. That doesn't mean that we should never be angry because the truth is when we see people doing wrong and we see people taking advantage of people and doing wrong to those people, there are all kinds of things that we should be angry about. When we see that kind of behavior, when we see injustice in the world, we should be angry about it. There's nothing wrong with being angry. Jesus got pretty angry when he turned the tables over in the temple. The text doesn't say you should never be angry. What it does say, though, is let everyone be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. James must have been writing to ministers when he was writing this thing. I don't know. He's like, y'all need to learn how to listen a little bit better and talk a little bit less and calm down. Anger should not be our first response. We shouldn't go around flying off the handle about everything because that does not produce God's righteousness. And here's the other thing. Anger can consume you. It can consume you. And it can turn you into a person who bears almost no resemblance to Jesus. And it can make you really miserable. And it can also make you really miserable to be around. And it's not good for you. It's not good for your own health. Now, if anger, if anger can help you move toward action, then it can be a good thing. If you see something, you get angry about it, and it moves you to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word, then that can be a helpful thing. And that's a long way around to say that anger can help you to act faithfully and to do God's work in the world. That is, like, let's say, let's say we see folks who are homeless and we begin to get angry about this problem of homelessness. And so what happens is that anger inspires me to go out and become friends with the person who's homeless and to make a relationship with those people and to help to get them the resources that they need so that they eventually can have a job and they can have affordable housing. If your anger leads you to do that, well, then that anger has helped you to be a doer of the word and amen, so on and so forth. But if I'm just angry about the homelessness and I just gripe about it and I just throw up posts on social media about it, then I'm just angry. And he hasn't done anything. And the truth is, there's so much brokenness in the world, you can just look around and find something to be angry about all the time. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff to be angry about. But if you just get angry about it, then guess what? We'll just be angry people. There is a kind of anger that can move us to do good things, but if we don't watch it, anger will just make us angry. Which is why I think there's a, better, there's a better way than anger. I think gratitude, I think gratitude is more likely to make us doers of the word 
every generous act of giving, every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. That is, all of those gifts take source in God, the very source of life, the very source of every good gift. And gratitude for those gifts, well, that won't make you angry. That'll make you into a doer of the word. Harry Emerson Fosdick said it this way. He said, there are some people who look at their lives and they conclude that they have received less than they have deserved. And he says, from those people, not a lot of great living comes. He said, then there's others who evaluate their lives and, and they, they figure they've pretty much broken even. They've gotten about what they deserve. And he said, again, rarely from these people do you see exceptional living. However, he said, there's a third group of people and they readily reckon that they have received far more than they deserve far more than they deserve. And these people, these people indulge in great living. These are the people who recognize the generosity of God and they recognize the beauty of the world and the beauty of the people around them. And they become doers of the word because they are grateful they are so grateful for all the gifts. And there are so many. I can't even begin to count them. And, and these little ripples of generosity and these ripples of gratitude, they, they have far-reaching effects. Those angry people, you hang around them, you'll be pretty angry yourself those generous, grateful people, you hang around them, and guess what? Yeah, you will be too. You'll be generous, and you'll be grateful, and those ripples just keep going. I was, uh, I was part of a, a, a Zoom meeting on Friday morning with CBF North Carolina, and uh, I'm never really happy about a meeting at 8.30 on a Friday morning, because Friday's really my Saturday. And so, like, you know, I'm like, all right, great, got to do this meeting, and but I was so grateful, really, to be a part of that meeting and to hear about all the work that's happening on behalf of us that Baptist and Western North Carolina are doing to help reach out to our neighbors who've been flooded. And you're going to hear an opportunity about how you can participate in that. And there are, like, some emergency things still happening, some immediate needs that need to be met, especially in Haywood County, and, and, and you're going to hear some opportunities about that. But there's also going to be long-term recovery area, long-term recovery needs that we're trying to address. And I was grateful to hear about those opportunities. I was also grateful to hear about the good work of Welcome House. Welcome House is a ministry that if you don't know about, it's probably my fault. I should have informed you better. But it's this wonderful ministry that's a partner of CBF North Carolina, and they exist to welcome refugees. And I can't tell you how much work they've been doing in the last week and a half to welcome Afghan refugees who are on their way here. 
especially in the Triangle and in parts of Charlotte. There'll probably be some even around the Asheville area. I was also able to hear from missionaries uh, from Japan and in Indonesia and in the Ukraine. All of this good work, beautiful work, gospel work that happens in the middle of all the brokenness. It's really fairly a simple choice for us, a fairly simple choice. I mean, we can look around. We can look around and see the world and its brokenness and we can be angry about it. Or we can look around and we can see the brokenness of the world. And in that brokenness, we can also see the generosity of God and the goodness of God. Those serving, those loving It's up to us. Which one of those one of those camps do we want to be in? I can take a look around and see the good that you're doing right here in this very community. Some of it happens on behalf of our church. Some of it's done officially on behalf of our church. But a whole lot of it is done because of all the things that you do in this community to help reflect God's love and God's mercy and God's grace. It's because you are grateful. It's because you have gratitude. It's because you've experienced God's generosity and God's grace. So there really are two paths. Two paths. We can go the way of anger. Or we can go the way of gratitude. Choice is ours. Amen.
Let's begin this time of prayer together by praying for those who are in the path of the hurricane that approaches the Gulf. Um, let's pray for them now silently. Let us now pray for the situation in Afghanistan. Let us pray for the family members of those American men and women killed in the line of duty this week, their families. We pray for the Afghans who've been killed and pray for the refugees. Let us pray for this whole situation. Lord, we are so grateful for your goodness and your mercy, for your generosity, for your grace. We are grateful for all those people around us who help reflect you. We're especially grateful for those gathered in this room today and those gathered at home online, all those who make up this congregation. Lord, make us into people who live with a deep sense of gratitude who live with the realization that we have all been given so much more than we deserve. You love us when we are unlovable. You forgive us again and again and allow us to start over. Help us to take that opportunity today, O oh Lord, to make a new start, a fresh start. Help us to be your disciples because the world desperately needs this gospel of peace, this gospel of reconciliation. Help us to be doers of the word and not just hearers, O oh Lord. We pray especially, O oh Lord, for those who need healing and hope this morning. And I invite you to offer their names aloud here in the sanctuary first.
Well, Lord, we now offer names to you from those at home. If you would unmute yourself and offer the names who need healing and hope. David Ballman. We pray all of these things, O oh Lord, through Jesus the Christ, the one who has taught us the way, the one who is the way, the one who has taught us to pray. And I invite you at home to unmute yourself and join us as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be, hallowed thy, be name. thy name. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come, come, thy will be, thy will be done, on earth, on earth as, it is, as it is in heaven. Give us give this us day, this day our, daily our daily bread, and forgive, and forgive us, our, us trespasses, our trespasses, as we forgive, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I'm angry. <laughs> I get angry every time I see a box of cereal that's $4.50 and a loaf of bread that's $3 and a gallon of milk. And yet in this country, we pour this stuff out because regulations prevent us from sharing it with someone. But I am so grateful for this blessing box. The response of this church to that blessing box has just been phenomenal. And I know that magic is not a spiritual word, but it's just like magic, guys. The box is full, and then the box is empty. And the box is full, and by the time you get back, it's empty. The blessing that we are offering to someone out there has just been incredible. I have the most wonderful team, Margaret Richardson and Kathy Johnson and Becky Hudson and Don Batts, who's my maintenance man. And they work every week to make sure that, you know, the box stays full, as full as we can keep it. It stays clean. There are no inappropriate items put in there but I just want to thank you I really want to thank you for your response you know every day I thank God for this church and I thank God for the love that we have in this church that we love each other and we support each other but what we really do is we carry that love out that door to this community and that's what the preacher's talking about. God bless us all. Please. Thank you. Thanks to that team and thanks to everyone who helps fill the blessing box. And Beth, thank you. You're the, you're the energy that started all that. We're grateful. So we're in a little bit of a transition here. Um, 
And uh, starting on September 5th or whatever that, whatever next Sunday is, it's in September, I know that. Uh, we, we are moving back into a more normal schedule. Um, Sunday school will happen here in person and then worship here in person. And um, I, I know there's lots of virus in the community and uh, we are, our uh, regathering team and our deacons have thought through this from as many angles as we can. And because so many of you are vaccinated and because we're all gonna be wearing masks, we feel like um, we have to kind of move forward. Um, that doesn't mean that anybody has to come who doesn't feel comfortable coming. Uh, Y'all need to make your own decisions on that. Um, one of the things that won't happen next Sunday is we, we did Zoom worship, Zoom worship, Zoom Sunday school for a really, really long time. And uh, once we start meeting in our classes, we really don't have an option for Zoom Sunday school unless someone feels led to say, you know what, I could bring my cell phone and I could stream that out of uh, one of those classes if there are some folks at home who still want to watch Sunday school that way. Um, you wouldn't really be able to participate, but you'd be able to see it. So, but, but it won't be available in the format that it has been available in. So there'll be three adult classes um, and um, the Connections class, that, that'll be the task that Phil Scoggins is teaching and the Nurturing Faith class will be led by Don Batts. And then there's a book study class that'll be led by Rachel Hawkins and Phil Fagan, and that's, they're literally reading a book together. Um, so those are kind of your three adult options uh, starting next Sunday. There'll be classes also for youth and children, kind of the normal slate in a sense. Um, you'll hear a little bit more about that this week. We did decide that we we're going to postpone uh, C and our Wednesday morning Bible study. Uh, those things really revolve around meals and fellowship, and we felt like that it wasn't really wise to do that indoors yet, and we also know that, you know, at 5 o'clock outside in Tron, it's still about 95 degrees, so it doesn't really feel great to do that outside yet. So uh, we postponed those things for a little bit, but hopefully by October, um, hopefully our numbers will be better, and if not, we can, the weather will be better, so... Anyway, that's kind of where we are with uh, the fall schedule, and I just want to say again, I really appreciate your patience, your flexibility. Um, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for it. I can't tell you how grateful I've been for our regathering team, Shelby Faust and Ellis Fincher and Don Batts and Mason Jackson and myself, and, and that team even though we don't all see everything the same, right? I mean, everybody sees all this stuff here. I can't tell you the amount of harmony and cooperation that has come from that group, and I am so grateful for it, so deeply grateful for it. So, all right. That's probably enough. It's probably time to go out now and take the love of Jesus from this place and take it into the world. So may we go and do just that. Let us stand now for this benediction. And I'll be, I'll be back this way. I think Jim will be at this door this time. We're, we're, we're going to begin to switch that around a bit. Uh, so there'll be somebody kind of at each exit. Um, and also, let me just say this. 
It's awkward as the minister when I'm standing back here because I don't know if you want me to shake your hand or not touch you or fish bump you or elbow you. So I'm just going to stand there and you do whatever you want to and I'll respond. Like I don't, you know, whatever is fine, but like, I, you know, it just feels, I'm not sure what to do to people. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you take the initiative. Um, here's the benediction. So may you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen. One last thing before you go, though. I meant to say this just a minute ago. And I don't like to pick on people, and I don't like to hide. We're always grateful to see all of you, but it is so good to see Bob and Judy sitting down here. It's so wonderful to have you here. We love you. We've missed you. So, absolutely. All right, you may go in peace. <laughs>